We're going to do just a little bit today. But um, every time we get a, learn to, a chance to learn this, is a big schus. We're on Ot Hey in Bnei Machshavatova. And what we've been doing for the last few weeks is that we've been discussing how we're truly not using our minds the way that we could. We're using our minds, and the way that we're thinking is not really the way that we can be thinking. I came across an amazing article from John Kabat-Zinn. I have to send it to you. I should send it to all of you, called Retraining the Way We Think. It's like we think, the, the way we think, we, we're, we're convinced that the way we naturally think is the right way, because that's just how we're programmed. But there is a way, there's methodologies to train the way that you think, and we all know how affected we are from the way we think. So the, tr- the truth is, we could, by retraining the way we think and visualize, so the way we feel will naturally also truly be transformed as well. And it doesn't take John Kabat-Zinn to tell us that's a chiddush, because that's what he's really doing here in this sefer. So, the, huh? A yid? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know how happy I was when I found out he was a yid? Do you know how many good things he's done? He, he took the meditation thing. He took it to another level. He took he, he absolutely with PTSD and and taking it to another level through. He opened up a whole stress reduction center. Crazy. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, for years, yeah. for for about ten years, I'm into him. He's He's amazing. John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah, check him out. Him and Daniel Bowman, other years. They're all students from him, of course. How could, how could it not be? I would love to sit with him once and show him how everything that he says is in, like, you know, the P.S. Etzner, or it's in Rav Nachman, or the Alter Rebbe said it, or Rav Kook spoke about it, you know. Imagine Zinn with Peyas. Can you imagine that? Anyway, we're, we're going to go over here now, and he's going to put a little bit of a challenge now. Now, have you heard the term before where someone says, I don't want any highs, I don't want any lows. I just want it to be smooth sailing, right? I knew something like that. Was you? No, I wasn't. No. Uh, I was just content with everything. Right, like he'd rather things not get too good or too high or too... Uh, it's fine the way it is. Sometimes somebody goes through some crazy turmoil. They want it boring. Just give me boring. That's what they want. Normal. Yeah. So that's a little bit what we're going to be touching upon this morning. Look at this. Okay. A simple yid. He starts learning with us, right? He starts learning these Torahs. And he, starts, he never tasted anything like a divine, exalted way of thinking or visualizations like we started talking about. You know, it's, it's not part of his parasha. It's not the way he, he lives. And now he's all of a sudden telling him how it's important, how important it is to figure out a way to use the power of thought to take the imagination to such a high extreme and to, for that to play a big role in his life. So the simple Yid that never did any of this I'll ask a question. A, a strong question. What's the eagerness? Why is there such a religious frenzy? Why are people freaking out that we have to do this with our thoughts? What's the chah? What are, what are you, what's the need? to figure out how to develop and, and uh, put out in a strong way the way of, of thinking and visualization. 
איזה מחשבה בכלל יש בנו? When it comes to thinking, to thoughts, what do we really even have to play with? ולאיזה דבר הם מוכשרים? What are thoughts fit for? 14, What are thoughts even fit for? What are they for? רק לחשוב ולדמות צורת עץ והבן. Where we think and imagine things is when we, we can imagine things that our eyes physically see. Like what are our thoughts usually used for? Like at night when I'm sleeping, what do I visualize? It's only things that, I, that I've seen before, usually. I don't usually visualize things that I've never seen before. You understand what he's saying? How high could our thoughts get if the way I, what I think is usually focused on things that I visualize literally with my eyes? Okay, like thinking about this. What do we usually use our thoughts for? Without even, without even being conscious about it. It's the stuff that I... They're just the mundane, physical things, like he says now. Physical things. That's what the mind thinks about, what it sees. What thinking? This is a strong question. This, this, this is the Pasha the Yid saying, what will, it, what will I benefit from trying to develop my mind to visualize things that my eyes never, never even saw before? Do you hear the question? Or is that too hard? It's, it's a little bit hard. I, I want to make sure we get this. What's the point of all this? Or how is it even possible? Well, let's, let's go to, let's go to both. Almost. What, well, how would you see it as a catch-22? Because how are you supposed to think these thoughts if, you, if they're based upon what you see? If you don't see these things, how are you supposed to think these lofty or... Right, so he's, but he's been saying to us all along, your thoughts that we're thinking about have nothing to do with what you see. But the Pashta Yid is saying, that doesn't, that doesn't add up. I use my brain to think about only stuff that I see. So you're telling me that I'm supposed to use my brain for stuff that, I never see before, that, that I've never seen before? That's one part of the Kashya. Do we understand that part of the Kashya? That's a very legitimate Kashya that a person could have. How could you expect me to use something that it's almost impossible? Like he's saying, it's like a catch-22. Like a <clears throat> To a certain extent. To a very certain, to, to a strong extent, what you're saying. Absolutely. And they might... How can you describe the color blue to a blind person that's never seen any color? You can't. You can't. You can't. You could explain to a blind person that once had sight, but not to someone that's born with a... So on that level, we're all blind from birth. In fact, we know that because we spoke about in the previous parak that there's something called... A blemish in our in the nature of the way that we think, the blemish in the seichel, in the intellect, in its nature. So we're starting off already, so to speak, being blind. So how is that even possible? And then the other question is, and what do you even benefit from this? And why would you ask that kind of question? What do you benefit from developing your thought process? What's the real question here? What is he really? What is that? What is the Yid really asking? What do I get? from training my mind to think and to use it differently than the way I'm accustomed to. What would be the problem? What, what, what would be nerve-wracking to a person like that? Why is he asking, what do I benefit from it? It's a lot of exertion for no... You could mess you up. You could totally mess you up. Yeah? Yeah. You're breaking your soda, basically. Sorry? You're breaking your soda. You're saying that... Our ability to succeed is largely based on the fact that we have certain principles that we to try to right. use them to, uh, to interact with the world, 
And then when you start with the Nekudat Anakha, or like the, the initial assumption that you don't know anything, right. it makes it impossible to move. Right. I guess just to speak personally right. about in the past two years of learning Rav Koki, right. that's about to set me on a trip. Like, there were days in the beginning where I just couldn't sit down at my desk. I had to take a walk through my head like, to get... That's amazing. Because like, you don't... Like, you don't think like that. You don't that. think like that. Right. And you never learn Rav Cook. Nobody teaches it in the States. Right. Besides Rav Weinberg, yeah. Rav Cook is definitely someone that um, when, you, when you're in Rav Cook, he's going to... You're not, you're not going to ask Morning Hirsch. You're not, he's not going to ask you... You're not going to ask, what do I benefit from it? Because what do you mean, what do you benefit from it? I, was, remember, I remember when I was looking at the candles this year, and I had, for some reason, I had Rav Cook in me. I don't know why. Very, very Rav Cook energy. I think maybe because the women's shearing him right before Hanukkah were very strong, and we were focusing a lot on Rav Cook, on the, on the Neros Hanukkah. So I remember I was, I was looking at the candles and I was remembering like, you know, we say that we can't use it at all. We can just look at them. So the same question, what could I benefit by just looking at a candle if I can't use it for anything? Well, it's the same thing with the thought. What, can you imagine if someone told us regarding your thoughts? You have no permission to use them you just have to observe them. And that's Israel. We talk about this all the time. What's the exact lesson? What's the language that they say over there? In mindfulness? I have it on my phone, but it's, it's like standing back and observing your thoughts. Now, that usually seems like an impossible task. Why? Because we're convinced that we are our thoughts. So how can I observe that which is... What do you mean observe my thoughts? And somehow, you know, that's why, like, it's mamish. Everything in Kabbat Zin is, I'm, I'm seeing it here, everywhere. Mamish and mindfulness. It's all here. So a person that doesn't understand that he's not his thoughts will say, what benefit is it if I stop, if I start driving myself sugar? I am what I think. So what benefit is it? Why, why am I going to go crazy over here? So that's the two real strong questions. The first two questions that a Pashta year that never tasted any of this, comes in here, he starts learning with us, and he's like, why are you guys going to drive yourself crazy? What do you get? First of all, it's not even possible. It's not impossible to observe your thoughts. Second of all, well, it is. It's impossible? No, it's possible, okay. but, but he's saying it's impossible, right? And second of all, what benefit, even if, let's say, you were able to do it, what do you get from it? You exert yourself, what are you getting from it, okay? Let's go weiter. Now, Afilu, you see, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down in Ote. Afilu palel. Even when you do get up in Davin, and I was feeling it this morning, very strong right now. There are times when even if his thoughts are very strong, and we want to have godly thoughts, we're lacking what to think. What does that mean? This is so deep. Let's say a person comes to a place of quiet. He meditates before davening. He goes to the quiet zone. He's ready to now use his thoughts and go deeper. Okay? He created that zone. He prepared that, 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 that matzah for himself. Now he's supposed to, he say, I'm going to start having machshavot elokiyot. I'm going to start having godly thoughts. What in the world does that mean? If I, usually, if I usually only use my thoughts for what? 
what I visualize, what I see in front of me, what does it mean to use your brain suddenly to think godly thoughts? In other words, if I asked each of you... Hmm? What we were talking about last week, maybe being grateful, which can lead, which can lead to, to all holy things. Absolutely. The, 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 the entrance into this world that he's talking about, of using my mind for godly thoughts, begins, it might even end with gratitude, I don't know. It definitely begins with gratitude. And we got to that same place in last night's shir as well, regarding thinking thoughts of Geula. It does start with... with yeah, I've been finding all week, it's, it's, it's really refreshing. It is. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're really doing it, you feel clear and grateful. <laughs> you feel grateful <laughs> okay. about being grateful. It's beautiful. <laughs> you sound like such a Jerry Chassid right now. <laughs> No, not, not you, for a minute, Garcia. When do you find expressing the world? Like when you're yeah. just dead tired? Or? Um, I, think what would, I think it's similar to this thing where like, um, I'm trying to be mindful of like my actions and my thoughts. So mostly my thoughts before my actions. So in the moments that I'm doing it, um, as often as I can, I'm just happy for what I have. I'm just trying to be happy. So it's just translating into a lot of different parts of my life, even at work, where I have a few seconds, or maybe I might feel a little overwhelmed. I'll stop for a few seconds and take a few breaths, calm down, refocus. But before that, I think about how grateful I am for even my job. Would you define that as uh, those thoughts as godly thoughts, machshavot elokiot? I want to ask each of you in the room right now. No, that's a very good. This is what he's saying over here. That in every moment I was doing. Okay, has anyone ever had a godly thought in this room? <laughs> it's getting funky. Has anyone ever had a godly thought? Well, I think when sometimes when you're in this, like, say, think about schooling your kids or the big things about your family, making mm-hmm. big decisions, if you step back, you, uh, I, I've been through it, and we all, we're sitting here, we all got here somehow, uh-huh. you need to see out to the Shemite to get to that point. Right. That's a godly thought. Right? What does it look like? It's, it's, it's inspiring. It's no, no, that's idea. what it feels. It sounds like that's it. what it feels. What, what does it, it look, look like? like? It looks clear. Clear? Yeah. Okay, godly thoughts are moments of clarity? I mean, that, mm. I think that's... Yeah, uh, it could very well... No, no. Mine's the opposite. I think it's the opposite of clarity. I'm like, with clarity, I feel like I'm lying to myself. I feel like I just like, yeah, you know, I want to feel good about myself, so I'm going to tell you that this is... And then I found it. It's a, you're such an you can't. Right. <laughs> You're so humble, man. You're too humble. What are we spending so much time? I do I have the opposite of any of us. If you were real, I'd say what I said. No, 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 no. That's a real honor. Who's humiliating himself in public? That's a real honor. But you are. Yes. So now you're really a big honor. Absolutely. Now you're the biggest ball guy. We're feeling away. Again, what what he says is saying is like, okay, let's say now I came to clarity, whatever that means. Okay, I I prepared myself to daven. I didn't just come in here at eight fourteen or eight seventeen and started and thinking I can actually be part of shul and and have a strong shachas. I came. I prepared myself. Okay, hint hint, guys. Right. So he's saying even when you do that. He's saying, and now you're ready to start thinking godly thoughts. There's a problem. What's the problem? You don't know how. Huh? You don't know how. 
And especially, I'm even told to be careful of the way that I visualize Hashem. Look what he says now. כי דבר גופני שנצייר את כבודו יתברך באיזה דמיון וגוף אסור כדברי הרמב״ם זר בהרבה מקומות ובפרט בהלכוס תשובה וביסודי התורה. Throughout משנת תורה and throughout other places in the Rambam, the Rambam clearly says don't ever go to that place of visualizing God in any physical form. And then obviously the questions are, then why does it talk about God's wrath or Yad Chazaka? So the Ramam explains that it's just a metaphor to kind of, for things to kind of mean something to us. But it's absolutely forbidden to visualize God in any shape or form. So what are you left with? What are you left with in order to visualize Hashem? If what, the way you usually use your brain is physical forms and visualizations, it means you have to retrain the thought process. Do you understand? You see what he's saying to us? We're not using our brains. In the, uh, we're using it in the right way to a certain extent, but when it comes to real awareness and consciousness and room in our lives, we're not using it right at all. We're, and we're stuck with very legitimate problems. Like again, when was the last time anyone here had a godly thought that wasn't a visualization of something? It's more like godly voices. Godly voices. What visualization What does that look like? When you, when you see uh, a, um, a goal, something pushes you to say that that's achievable. Is that visualizing it? That's the develop. That's not. That's what we're trying to get to. That's the development. That's the development. That's the visualization. That's the development of visualization. That's the development of a thought process. We usually, but but when you when you see something in front of you, you don't have to develop your mind to convince you that this is a chair. I don't have to de- develop my mind and strengthen it with strong thoughts. To understand that we're sitting here, I understand that my thoughts clearly explain that to me. But what do I? Where do I need to develop my mind and strengthen it? That this is the most important part of my day. I can't see that, like I could see a chair, and you think I just have to feel it. But what we, we know how much the Mayach and, and the Alter Rebbe says this. In Lubavitch, this has been the framework of the Tanya, a moach shalit alalev, which means that as much as you think that the heart, you know, should be the one that guides you in this world, it's not exactly what we say in Shema. Don't just run after that which your which your heart and your eyes, right, schlep you to. Because why? You could be convinced that everything that you feel is the emes because you feel like it's right. Are you looking for your code? Yeah. I think, it, is this in? No worries. The, what are we supposed to work on? We're supposed to perfect, not perfect, but we're supposed, because it's impossible, but we're supposed to refine our moach, so that our moach should be sholet al-halev. So that the mind should conquer the heart. Why? Because if not, I could be convinced that everything that I feel is the right thing. And our, and our heart plays games with us, just like our, minds play, our mind plays games with us. But it's much easier to fine-tune the mind than it is the heart. So he's saying over here, let's, he's saying let's develop, let's develop the way we think. Let's retrain ourselves to think in a certain way.
And the heart also influences the opposite. Like when you're nervous, the heart rate that goes up, and then it makes your, your thoughts go all... Right, but if you want to calm down from nerves, do you, tell, do you work from your heart to calm down your nerves? Okay. Or do you work from your intellect, from your mind, where you explain to yourself, what benefit am I getting from acting like this? You can do either way. You can do either way. I mean, this normal stuff would just be like, forget about, don't think anything, and just kind of calm down your heart. And that's what we do when somebody who's nervous, or you know, we focus on the breathing. That'd be one way of going about it. But yes, you can try the intellect. Right. There's a certain place where the intellect has no space. Yeah, yes. It's almost like an insight into the popularity of the Hopfield, like Christianity has so much images. You could obtain it. This is godly. It's think about it, it's physical, you see it, you touch it, look at it. As opposed to really getting into the the soul of the person and their thoughts and trying to achieve what what, what he's speaking about. And truth is we're all influenced deeply by this world around us. Of images and things that we can see and touch and feel, True. and it's, it's, it's corrupted our thinking. <coughs> very much so. Very, very much so. I remember one time I went to a uh, a Neil Young concert with Laser. We were in New York. We were, we were touring. We had one Laser's back in cheer. We had one night off from a long trip. We were in England. We were in Boston and Florida, New York. It was a busy, busy two weeks. It was Hanukkah. It must have been like ten years ago. And we walk into this place where Neil's playing, and I'm, I'm like, uh-oh. I see that on the sides of this massive hall are these psalim, these, 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 these uh, I don't even know what to call them, these idols, statues, I don't know, I don't know what it was. And I, didn't, I, had, and I started freaking out, I'm like, I've waited you know, my whole life to finally see Neil Young, and now... I have a shyla if I could be in here or not because there's all these statues there. I, didn't, I don't know if it was a church or not. I didn't, I didn't understand what it was. But the, the thing that I started looking for is I was like, wow, the imagery here must make the experience in church so easy to connect to. Because if I, right? What do we have? What's the, what's the, what's the further, like what's the extent of our, that we could use for visualization when it comes to Hashem? So you see in some shuls, it has the, the yudke vavke, right? The permutation and, and how it's drawn out of it. That's the, that's the most you could do when it comes to visualization. And even that, I don't you know like what. Even putting a lion in animals like a machloka. Right, I mean, right, there's anything. So there's so many inyanim when it comes to shoes, what you're allowed to put up, what you're not allowed. It's like, there are tons of halachas about this. So that you're right, I never thought about that. It really does play the, a, a, a huge role in our lives and the way we think about everything. But the name of God, you don't even, don't even pronounce it. You know, it's been really weird teaching. My, when I teach my children, like now they, the two older ones read, trying to explain to them that whole zakh, like why is it written in here or something, but that's not what we say? Anyone ever master that yet? Uh-huh. Yes, come on, you, the tribes. Well, no, that was the classic uh, argument that I, I, I discussion I had with Eric's mother's boyfriend. He, he, he who says that He's not Jewish, but he tapped into, he was giving this whole hour speech about the power of the name of God, Yaha. Right. And, and, and I'm like, he, he, he had a point, and, he go, and then he goes and he quotes all the psukim, you should know my name, you should say my name, you should pronunciate it. Like, it goes on and on about like, the name, and he's like, and I, he had a good point. Yeah. I, I'm saying it wrong the whole time. 
And by tapping into this name that God tells us to, over and over again, the right way, you could really tap into some pretty deep, powerful stuff. Or you some real like big stuff. You but all of us are like dancing around it, and, and it doesn't sound even close. Yeah. Right. This is why the Pashto Yid says, why are we even bothering with this stuff, right? <laughs> this is why the Pashto Yid here in the PSF is saying, you see, what, for what? For what? Why are we even going here, right? Why are we, yeah. How do we, how does everybody here visualize Hashem? Or perceive Hashem? Not, however we're talking. It's a crazy question. That's no, a great question. How do we do it? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. No one else is going to say anything, right? So I have to start? Isn't it more? Oh, please. I mean, it's, it's like, I go back to like a natural thing. Hashem is one, but part, part, everything here is, is within creation, within Hashem. Right. It's all, so like, not just the sky, not just the trees, not just... But I look around, I use the force, whatever. I, you I, visualize. I, I look, how do you visualize the force? Come on. You, you, you think you're a Star Wars fan, there's no... No. <laughs> I'm not, no, so... I, so no, I do, I do, I visualize, but maybe not on everything. I don't know if I ever perceived... Probably when I was younger, I perceived Hashem as, like, a, in a human form. Right. right? Maybe even not so long ago. Right. I probably don't. But I think looking... All around, without it being it being in one, like yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, no, I, I I'm not gonna say how I how I visualize. I'm just gonna say what we've been learning and what Torah is all about. Do you know how you do you know how us you know Yidin visualize Hashem? There's one way. The Talmud Torah can get It's pashut. When you when you swim in the world of Torah, when you're when you're immersed in Talmud Torah, immersed in it, and it's not just a little thing in your life, but it's the ikar of your life. We won't have these kind of conversations, because somehow the visualization of a Kadesh Baruch Hu is something that are due to the development of our mind through learning and then taking in what we learn with the avoda of mindfulness, that is the deve- that's strengthening our mind. So a Jew from the outside that's looking in and saying, what's the point of all this? You, you, he's right. When you're outside, there's no point. There's no point to try to figure something out that's probably going to bring you more damage than not. But when you're fully immersed in Talmud Torah and you're in it, and I remember Rav Bravinder said this at our smicha ceremony, and it really had a big uh, uh, impression on me. He said, he said, more or less said, like, you know, I don't know how many of the students are going to remember exactly which simon in Basav Chalav, you know, to give tshuvas on, right? When someone asks them a shayla, and it's true. The most don't remember. But you know what they developed, hopefully, through learning halacha, and through learning Torah? That they're now engaged in a conversation with Abaya and Rabbah. They could go into a room th- a, a thousand years ago and sit with rabbis and discuss what Hashem had in mind. That's the power of Torah Shabbat Peh. That's, that's really... The, now, when you're engaged in that world and you're dancing that dance, you know, what are you learning now with Rabbi Lichter? Uh, so, it, it's, a different, it's a different ball game. 
Mm-hmm. Now, again, you'll tell me, learning Gemara Sukkah, what does it do with visualizing the word, the, the word of God? When you're aware that when you're learning, you're learning the Word of God, that already has such a deeper effect on the way that you normally use your brain. So from the outside, when I'm not immersed, and that's not what I'm using my brain for, most of the time, yeah, ma toilet. What do I benefit from this? Who gets from this anything? When you're in it, different ballgame. And, and then, yes, I don't need that lecture. Right? I don't need that lecture because I'm living that lecture. I'm opening up Gemara Sukkah. I'm in the Yud of Hashem's name. I'm living it from the outside. He needs it. He, and he's right, too. But when you're inside, all right, then when you're inside and you're constantly working on the development of the mind and the brain, then you don't have to work so hard on using your power of imagination to visualize something that you usually can't see because you're operating on a different level. And it really is the difference like a blind man versus someone that has the ability to see, just doesn't know how to use his, his, his eyesight. That's really what it is. So again, this, the problem that we're, that we're stuck with is, yes, you're not supposed to visualize Hashem in any physical form. Bottom line, bottom three words on this page 14. I thought we were just going to be here for 10 minutes. Okay, a few more minutes. To be able to think of a spiritual form, shape of something, completely mufshat. Mufshat means removed, abstract from this world. Our minds are not developed or nor capable of having a thought that has nothing to do with a physical imagery. That's why we're all like, we're like shocked before, like, well, godly thought, what, what do you mean? I have to visualize it. He's saying, yeah, it's, we're incapable, it seems, to be able to think these kind of thoughts. V'imken, and if that's the case, Why should we strengthen, widen, and develop our thoughts, our mindfulness? Our thoughts and imagination that usually are only capable of visualizing houses, people, and other physical forms, when we strengthen it, will, will that benefit a yid? Will they saying, The Pashtid saying, let's say I learn how to strengthen my mind. But if I say that it seems like it's impossible to have thoughts that are abstract from any sense of physicality, so I could strengthen my mind and I could work on the power of developing my thought process to the highest extreme. But will that truly bring me before Hashem's kisei hakavod? Will that do anything to me? Will that benefit me? And frankly, I think that I have these thoughts quite often. Let's talk about visions of Masei Merkava and Yechezkel and everything else, okay? Torah doesn't deal with anything but physical things. Right. It's purely physical. Right. Like, what was, what, what was before, you see, I think, in Ahmad al-Sinai? Slavery. Right. The worst level of physicality possible. Right. And now we're saying, let's focus on things that are beyond our physical reach. It seems like it didn't, 
it didn't hold back uh, B'nai Israel and Mitzrayim. It didn't hold back B'nai Israel right. on the way to Har Sinai. Right. So, so for what? So for what? Right. These questions are very valid. Although, did Avram Avinu visualize Malachim, or did they really happen? Really? Um, Locus. I mean, we had a whole on this Rambam and Ramban about if it really happened or not. Yeah. yeah. I forget. I think it's the Rambam said that these things only it, it, it was a it was a thing that happened to him in his in his mind. But because it was so real and his thoughts were so strong, it's as if it really happened. So then the Ramban says, well, if that's the case, how in the world? Did, Avram, did Yaakov Avinu end up limping after fighting with an angel? So the Ramban says that's proof that no, it really happened. But the Ramban would say no, that, that's proof that the thoughts are so strong that you could even walk out with a physical ailment from a profoundly powerful visualization. It sounds like an acid trip to me, if you yeah, ask me. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing sounds like, yeah, right? <laughs> Anybody who wasn't been Israel had they been at Har Sinai, they would have just seen a bunch of people standing looking up. Ah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have heard anything else. That's very deep. Yeah, I think like what that. Does it mean? What it means? It means that they were just on this level where they were able to perceive something. But I don't know. Ram Ban Ram Ban. It doesn't matter because they were able to perceive something that. Right, higher than than just uh, physicality. Yeah. Yeah. And according to the simple intellect, this widening, broadening of thinking, this process, this could lead man into a world of hallucination. hallucination. Into a place of empty, an empty delusional mind. So... Why would you even go there? Have a great day, guys. <laughs> We're going to stop here. Oh, yes? We keep you <laughs>